On this episode of Too Many Books, we review Pagan Christianity by Frank Viola and George Barna. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Too Many Books podcast, the podcast where we go through your stack of unread books and tell you which ones to move to the top of the pile or get rid of all together. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Dodgen, joined by fellow minister and brother, Jack Wilkie. Jack, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, how is, uh, how's the move going for you? Uh, it's getting there. Uh, you know how moves go. It takes a little while to uh, get things unpacked. Six months later, we'll probably still have a box or two that's uh, unopened, but that's how it goes. Uh, the rest of it's coming along pretty well. It always makes me wonder if the stuff that I haven't unpacked for that half a year, if I really need that stuff. <laughs> Bingo. Or if I've just forgotten about how much I need it. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Very good. I'm glad to hear the move is going well. I'm glad to be doing another episode of uh, the Too Many Books podcast. The first one went pretty well. Uh, it was received pretty well. We got a little bit of feedback, uh, most of it positive, some of it saying, hey, uh, why don't you try some other things out? So uh, definitely, if you're listening to this, keep that feedback coming. We'll tell you where uh, to send that feedback uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, but as we start here, uh, we're talking about Pagan Christianity uh, by Frank Viola and George Barna. Uh, Barna is probably a name that you are familiar with, uh, as he's been heavily involved in a lot of church research, uh, and you've probably gotten some research uh, from there if you've ever messed with stuff like that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, what Jack has to say you know, we're going to need to get to a point maybe where we have some kind of identi- identifications for each of us. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to hear what Jack has to say. Is he talking in the third person or is he talking to the other guy? Uh, but I'm excited for this book uh, to see why you read it uh, and really what it's all about. Here is the description uh, for Pagan Christianity for those of you uh, that have no idea what it's about. Have you ever wondered why we Christians do what we do for church every Sunday morning? Why do we dress up for church? Why does the pastor preach a sermon each week? Why do we have pews, steeples, and choirs? This groundbreaking book makes an unsettling proposal. Most of what Christians do in present-day churches is rooted not in the New Testament, but in pagan culture and rituals developed long after the death of the apostles. Uh, Just based on that description alone, uh, having not read this book myself, I'm really intrigued as to what exactly... Uh, they cover what they use for uh, historical evidence and proofs of these things. Because, I mean, just from that description, it's why do we dress the way we do? Why is there preaching? Why is there, uh, why are our buildings shaped the way that they are? Uh, and so I'm interested to to hear why you picked this up. Uh, why did you grab this book? Uh, it's one that really came uh, from a, a number of recommendations. I had people uh, I'd be talking about the church with them. I'd be say, talking about certain practices we have, and uh, they'd say, well, have you read Pagan Christianity? You've got to read that book. It's it's one that really is going to open your eyes, and uh, it really did. Uh, it's one that just the premise, as you just read, is one where he asks questions of things that we just don't think to question. We you know, question what we do in worship as far as a cappella versus instruments mm-hmm. and women's roles and things like that, but why we gather the way that we do, why we uh, build our buildings the way we do, why we dress the way we do, all those things are things that we a lot of times just kind of go along with without thinking about. Uh, and, and of course, you'd think on the surface, eh, it's really not that big of a deal, but uh, that's really the case. The authors, especially Viola, I think 
was kind of the driving force behind it uh, wanted to make was no it does matter these things uh, are important uh, God intended them to be a certain way and uh, when we drift from that and when we institute other things uh, we miss out on some of the the point and so uh, just just the questions that he's asking alone are what made this book intriguing yeah and uh, and I'm not familiar with Frank very much but I know uh, George Barna is very much a, a statistician and cares a lot about what's going on in churches and just mm-hmm. religion in general. Uh, and so, I mean, they, they ask questions for a living about everything. Uh, and so I'm interested to see uh, where they take all of this and what parts you liked uh, and didn't like for this book. Uh, what, what were some of the things that really stood out to you as, okay, this, is, this was great. I really loved this part of the book. Uh, the one thing that really jumps off the page uh, early on in the book, especially even in the introduction, is you can tell that Frank Viola, uh, who again I think was really uh, the driving force behind most of the text, he really is a restorationist at heart. He really is somebody who's looking at the church and saying, hey, that's not how they did it in the Bible, that's not how they did it in the early church from church history, we need to get back to doing that. Uh, and that's something we, you know, as uh people in the the churches of Christ, you know, the restoration movement we think so highly of, that's a great attitude. We love that attitude, and, and that really comes through in the book is that he wants to figure out what did God want from his people, how did God's people originally understand that, and how do we get back to that? So that was one of the, the things I really enjoyed about the book. In fact, uh, in one of the first pages he says, our goal is to be true to his plan so that we may become the people he desires us to be and that the church may be all she is called to be. Uh, you can't really argue with that attitude. And, and so later on, he, uh, in, in asking the questions he asks, says, Strikingly, contemporary church thought and practice have been influenced far more by post-biblical historical events than by New Testament imperatives and examples. Uh, and so he, uh, he says, we need to do what the Bible says, we're not doing what the Bible says. We need to do it how the early church did it. We're not doing it how the early church did it. And so I, I like that attitude. Uh, I, I like the questions he asked. Why do we dress up for Sunday? Why uh, do we have the buildings we have? And, and uh, just one particular example mm-hmm. uh, is why our buildings are situated the way they are. And you think, what does that have to do with anything? Sure. Well, he talks about what the first century church did. You know, it was very much communal. It was very much everyone facing each other and, and being able to talk to each other. And ours are the auditorium style, everyone facing the front. And you think, well, that's not a big deal. That's just how things work. He goes into the roots of, of how we got that from pagan temples and, and other things in that time period. But he gets to the heart of why that matters and says it establishes mentally the idea that the, the audience are, are passive listeners and the preacher and the song leader and the people who get up are the active ones. And that's something that ends up taking over church life. We think, well, he's the preacher, we pay him to do it, and uh, you know that's the preacher's job. And, and, and so it influences how people see their Christianity, even just from the, the smallest thing like how we sit on Sunday mornings. And so um, it was things like that where he really looked into the psychology that's created by these practices that we took from uh, the culture, from pagans, from uh, from the Greek, you know, Greek temples and Greek things like that. Mm-hmm. And and so he, he gets into the history of things. He gets into where it originally was. And then with each of them, he gets into why it matters, why it affects our church life today 
to do things the way that maybe the pagans did it rather than the early church did it. And that's a really good example, I think, because how many meetings have you been a part of where they discuss, all right, should we change the seating to face one another? I mean, that's that's not right. a thing we think about uh, really whatsoever. We might go, should we replace the pews with chairs? But it doesn't change anything other than what are you sitting on? Uh, so that's that's really interesting uh, that they would go that deep uh, into those sorts of, of things. Uh, were there right. any things throughout this book that you thought, okay, I'm not I'm not with you on this one that you didn't really like? I think one of the things that was a little bit frustrating, first of all, uh, this book is one that is I don't know if it's a two or three part, but there are, are there's a follow up book immediately that he he brings up a lot in references called uh, Reimagining Church that was just written by uh, Viola. And uh, he, he references you to that a lot of times. We'll go see this in, in uh, Reimagining Church, go see this, this other book. Uh, and that's fine. I understand he, he wrote multiple books for a reason. You can't put everything in a book. But uh, it was a little frustrating at times when he would make a claim and wouldn't really work to back it up or wouldn't work to sure. answer the obvious objections. He would just make the claim and say, well, and if, if you want to read more about that, go read my other book. Well, I have the other book. I plan to get around to it, but that's, you know, it, it made this book feel a little incomplete. Uh, and so that was one complaint. The other was um, he was a little heavy-handed, uh, a little uh, forceful with his opinion. You know, in the last book we reviewed, uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, he laid out the house church model uh, that he's a part of, and he comes to the end of it and says, I'm not saying this is the way you have to do it, but this is what's working for us. I'm saying we should just reconsider and try and figure out what works in being faithful to Jesus. Sure. I love that attitude. Viola's attitude really comes back to a much harsher, no, if you're not doing this, you're doing it wrong. And yeah, you can do it your way, and maybe it's not a sin, but you know, basically this is the right way, and you know it, and I know it. Um, a little, uh, again, like I said, a little heavy-handed, a little... Um, uh, forceful in saying the things the way they are, uh, or that they should be the way that, that he sees them. And again, he makes a good case for all of these things. Uh, again, not just the church building, but the what we wear on Sundays, the order of our worship, uh, the prominence of the sermon, the role of the minister, all things that really do need to be brought into question. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to agree with his application and do it exactly the way that he's claiming we need to do it. And so, um, you know, again, the points are right. I don't want that to detract from the points that he makes by saying, yeah, he tried to force his way a little bit, so the book's not any good. No, the book's really great, but you might find that that uh, he does push his opinion pretty hard. He kind of hits that point of, we are doing it wrong, but I found the right way, as opposed right, to, right. this is a better way, I think, that sort of thing. Exactly. Like... You know, I, he diagnoses the problems very well, but when we diagnose the problems, the solutions we come up with are going to vary a little bit, and sure. and he didn't leave a lot of room for that. All that being said, uh, out of ten, what would you give this book? Oh, six and a half. Okay. Uh, I know that kind of sounds low. I mean, if that was... Uh, in school, that'd be a D or, or a failing grade almost. I think uh, we're going to be harsh, though, on books, probably. So. Well, that's the thing is, you know, how many books out there are tens, you know? 
screw tape letters, that's a 10. You know, there are a few that, that get a 10 from me. Sure. Uh, if everything's in the 8 or 9 range, it's not great. So when I say 6, that sounds like, oh, that's, that's not very good. No, it, it was a good book. It was a book that's worth reading, uh, but it did have those, those negative points. Uh, it's something, though, that really makes you think. It really makes you... Uh, sit and wonder about, okay, why are we doing this, and how can we do this better? What would be more faithful and more conducive to uh, really being what, what God wants us to be? And so anytime a book gets you thinking, anytime a book uh, drives you towards, hey, how can I be more pleasing to God? That's a that's a good book worth reading, and so I'd certainly recommend it for the questions it, it brings up and the thought that it drives. But yeah, six, six and a half, we'll say. Do you think it being... It feeling kind of like half of a book or three quarters of a book is what hurt the, the yeah. score a little bit. Yeah, if uh, if the objections had been answered a little better, um, you know. But again, I, I he himself said, and I think he or, or one of his publishers got uh, responded to me on Twitter the other day and said, "No, you need to read the other book." And you know, I I fully plan to, but it is a little frustrating when one book is incomplete and sure. dependent on the other. Well, all right. So, so maybe don't move this one to the top of the stack, but definitely have it in the stack somewhere there uh, around the middle. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Too Many Books podcast. Uh, we're working quickly to get uh, these episodes everywhere that you get your podcasts normally so that you can listen to them. Uh, at your convenience. If you have any book suggestions or feedback, you can email us at strongchurchministries at gmail.com and be sure to visit strongchurch.org for more articles and podcasts like this. Happy reading. We'll see you next time.